Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, we're the radio home for Timberwolves basketball. News Talk 830 WCCO, and I want to talk some Timberwolves basketball right now. This little bit of a rumor, speculation from Yahoo Sports, Jake Fisher, who had a report yesterday talking about former Timberwolves guard Patrick Beverly, who currently plays for the L.A. Lakers. And they're saying that Beverly could be part of a package deal to acquire someone else. In particular, one of the names that was brought up was Chicago's Zach Levine, which why would Chicago be getting rid of Zach Levine? I I don't get that, but whatever. I have no idea what the Bulls are doing. But with the story and with the report, it says if Beverly were to be dealt to a rebuilding team as part of any trade, he could be then bought out, which could pave the way for Beverly to return to to the Wolves. Because it sounds like he has a desire to come back to Minnesota. Fisher wrote. Um, and, and this is the quote from Jake Fisher. He says, quote, should Beverly ultimately get moved to a rebuilding situation like the Detroit Pistons? The grizzled guard has a desire to re- return to Minnesota. So people were talking about that on social media last night and got, got all excited Patrick Beverly, yes, we'll take him back. Let's get Patrick Beverly back. And I know Vanita asked me about it this morning on the uh, the morning news. Let me just say this, and I, I can't put it any clearer than this for Timberwolves fans. And I'm a Timberwolves fan. I'm a massive Timberwolves fan. If Patrick Beverly gets shipped to a team that's an also-ran, and he gets a buyout, if he becomes available and wants to return to the Timberwolves, that's that's cool. That's fine. But he is not the Timberwolves savior. So you got you guys can chill out with the I feel like Patrick Beverly, the love for Patrick Beverly, I think, in Minnesota is just really out of control. Like seriously. I I mean, can we all just take a deep breath? I'm not knocking the guy. But stop blowing it out of proportion. Solid defender still, right? Tenacious defender, super intense. He talks a good game. But if you guys think that Patrick Beverly returning to the Timberwolves is somehow some way going to elevate this team into being a playoff contender, stop it. I think that we'll be borderline on the playoffs this year, and I don't think he really enhances the chances by that much. 
I mean, is this where we're at? We're just clamoring for Patrick Beverly. Have y'all watched Patrick Beverly this year? Patrick Beverly ain't it. Good player. But think about that. The Lakers with LeBron in AD. If LeBron and AD can't use Patrick Beverly, what does that say? What does it really say? Come on now, people. What are we really talking about here? I think at times, this particular fan base, of all the fan bases here, we get super unrealistic with how we view basketball players. I don't get it. Maybe it's 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 harder for Timberwolves fan to measure who's good and who's not in the NBA. And it's easier for us to do that with the NFL or this being the state of hockey and you guys know who's really good in the NHL. But my goodness, we do this stuff to ourselves all the time. Is there anybody out there that actually thinks that Patrick Beverly is the answer to the question? That he's the solution to the problem? Do you actually think that? I don't. At all. Nice player. Don't get don't get it twisted. But a lot of it has to do right now in this particular moment with name recognition and what you last saw. Anybody that's paid attention to the NBA this year knows that Patrick Beverly and what we saw last year, that's about as good as you're going to get. That was the best I saw. Patrick Beverly surprised me. (laughs) Patrick Beverly surprised me. And now that he's with the Lakers, he can't do anything. He can't. And and what was it a few years ago that Russell Westbrook said about Patrick Beverly? He said, Patrick Beverly trick y'all. Remember that? I remember that. Patrick Beverly trick y'all. Basically saying, look, you guys are all wrapped up in Patrick Beverly thinking he's the real deal. He ain't all that. That was from Russell Westbrook. And I thought he was, I'm not trying to say that, that, Pat was never good, but I thought it was a pretty good breakdown from Russ. So let me go ahead. Let me let me go ahead. And let's check the uh, the stats here for Patrick Beverly this season. Patrick Beverly right now is averaging four point six points a game, three rebounds, two assists. He's shooting thirty percent. Oh my! Oh my! Thirty percent. 30%, y'all. And that's the savior? So let me take a let me take a look at the stats for the Wolves. Um I want to see who's shooting what. There's nobody currently on the Minnesota Timberwolves. Nobody on the Minnesota Timberwolves that's shooting a lower percentage than Patrick Beverly. Nobody. The worst percentage on the team is Austin Rivers, and he's shooting 30.8. Brent Forbes, 32. Are y'all hearing me? And this is the other thing. If Patrick Beverly's 32, are y'all hearing me? And this is the other thing. If Patrick Beverly's coming here, 
Well, who who you who you kick it to the curb? Is it Bryn? Is it Austin? Because it sure as heck ain't Jordan McLaughlin. We we need to be measured. We need to be reasonable with our expectations. We already got Matt Ryan from the Lakers. They let him go. We picked him up. He's supposed to be a sharpshooter. I just kind of find I just find the uh, the clamoring for Patrick Beverly to come back and be with the Minnesota Timberwolves. I find it a little bit funny. All right, coming up next. Um, there's a Minnesota company that has been sold, but whenever I see the product, it will always be Minnesota to me. I'll tell you what that is coming up next year on the Lake Show. It's always fun that when you're traveling around and wherever you go and you see a Minnesota-based product. Well, for so many years, we would look at the Pearson's Candy Company and specifically I would see the nut goodie or salted nut roll and just be – like you, you're you're proud. You're like, okay, that's that's cool. So it's a, you know some Minnesota candy. Well, not anymore. Um, St. Paul's Pearson's Candy Company sold to California Company, according to the uh, to the Star Tribune. Um, they have been sold to California-based Annabelle Candy Company. Minneapolis-based Spell Capital Partners, which acquired Pearson's in November of 2018, was the seller. Terms of the transaction, which closed last week, were not disclosed. Pearson's has approximately, man, not that many employees, actually, 150 employees. Uh, In a separate transaction, Spell sold the Pearson's building and land to Arizona-based tenant equity funding for $8.5 million. Wow, that's a deal. I'm surprised. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised Dennis didn't go ahead and pitch in and try to buy Pearson's. Pearson's Candy will lease a facility from the new property owner. Are you one of those individuals like me that whenever you see something Minnesota based or something that 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 you know is affiliated here, you get that little extra sense of pride? Because I do. And, and look. I don't mind when people give me a little ribbing about it. I don't care. That doesn't bother me at all because it happens anywhere you go. I'll give you a perfect example. You know something that that I would claim and I'd be like, yeah, you know, you got to try it if you ever go to Minnesota. And people in Kansas City would give me black about it all the time. Speci- uh, specifically my producer, my former producer, Ryan Bukowski, would give me flack about this all the time. Is that I would talk about a Juicy Lucy. Oh, Juicy Lucy, amazing. You know, go to Matt's, go to Blue Door, go to 5-8, whatever, right? And my producer and others, they'd be like, what? It's just a burger with something stuffed in the middle. I'm like, hey, you can't view it like that. It's better than what you think. And they would, they would you know, oh, laugh and oh, whatever, man, you guys – you guys in Minnesota, uh, you're so country. All you're doing is sticking stuff inside the bur- I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I had a couple of friends that made the trek here. They tried a Juicy Lucy, and they were like, okay, all right, I, I get it now. I get it. 
But this it's little things like that that just make you feel, you know, prideful, man. I don't know if there's anything specific to you, Dennis, that make you prideful about Minnesota, but whenever I see certain little things, I it just makes me feel good. So whenever I would see like a nut goodie or a, pure, uh, a salted nut roll, made me feel good. I just wanted to ask you if, uh, did they say that they're, Closing that facility and moving it to California. No, it's 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 it's, 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 it's that they not owned by. They it. said they sold the, the the building and the land to the to the uh, to the funding um, folks, the Arizona based funding folks. Uh, they will lease the facility from the new property owner. Well, is what it, they say. Then it's still Minnesota. Oh, so yeah. still Minnesota. because we're because they're made here. It's located here. Yeah, it's located here, but. It's made here, so see. Okay, all right, like, all like, right. Because you know, you look at uh, like Polar- that's true. Polaris or Articat or any you know any that's of the true. snowmobile companies that you see that are just dominate. You know, those are made in Minnesota. Windows, you know, Anderson, Anderson windows, windows, yes, Marvin windows. You know, it, they're made in Minnesota by Minnesotans. Uh, those are the things that I like. But you know, I do wonder if people feel a certain way about that the same way that I do. Six six five one four six one nine two two six. I'd love to hear from somebody out there uh, quickly because we do have a guest coming up here next segment. And the reason why I, I say that is because guess the place that made me most proud whenever I would go and I would shop when I lived in Kansas City. Just take a guess. National chain, come on. Based here. Based here, yes. There's one right down the street from us. Yeah. Huh? Target. Target. Exactly. Thank you. I knew you knew, Dennis. Whenever I go to Target, I'd be like, pounding my chest. I'm Target. What's up? You know? I'm Target all day. And that's the thing. Like, we, we just, there's certain things like that. Like, do Minnesotans spend more money at Target than Walmart? I would hope so. Now, I'm not going to sit here and act like I've never been to a Walmart before because, yes, I have. Who hasn't been to a Walmart? But I don't know. I'm just kind of you know, you walk into a you walk into a Target, you feel a little bit, you feel a certain way, especially when you're living out of state. Or you walk into Best Buy, you may feel a certain way when you walk. You know, so that's just that's just me. A couple of my favorite places. So that's just that's just kind of how I rolled. All right, uh, random question. What's your favorite candy bar? You look like a Snickers guy. <laughs> you know where I are? Sales gal up, second floor, Ginny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She's always got a big candy dish. Oh, yeah, I contribute. I'd be, uh-huh. I'd be buying some of the candy uh-huh. and putting it up there, She's too, like, yeah. You know, and, and you go through there, and it's got all, it's got a, a all lot. everything it's, it's, that it's, I It's a variety. Like. I like. Uh, when I was a kid, my favorite was Baby Ruth. Okay. And my brother was Butterfinger. I, like I, I love a good Baby Ruth. And we'd always argue about it. I used to love Butterfinger back when I was a kid. Uh-huh. I grew and, out of it. And now I have to agree with my brother that Butterfinger. That's your favorite now? Is better than, yeah. I. Wow. There's just something about a Butterfinger. So that rolls into Reese's. You know, I lo- love those. You were right on Snickers. I could do that all day. Twix, uh, Kit Kat. Stuff like that. Uh, I really like those. Anything All, with chocolate. Yeah, yeah. The older <laughs> I you know, I never liked, uh, or I shouldn't say I didn't like it. I didn't indulge my sweet tooth mm-hmm. 
for many, many years. And now that I've rounded that 60 age group in the last two, three years, I got to have it. Oh, you got that 60 I, sweet tooth. I got to have it. I mean, I'll got to eat dinner. I got to have something. Or even right before I go to bed, I like to have a little piece of chocolate before I go to bed. I don't know what it is, but I just, I got to have it. He says he's got to do it. All right, something that we have to do is we have to check in with meteorologist Paul Douglas. And then after that, let's talk a little gopher basketball. I was at the barn last night at Williams Arena. They defeated Arkansas Pine Bluff. I attended the game, not necessarily as a media member, but uh, went there with my father because my father and mother, by the way, they both graduated from Arkansas Pine Bluff. But um, a few things concerning me about gopher basketball. We get to it next year with Andy Greeter from the Pioneer Press. Next on The Lake Show. All right, welcome back to The Lake Show. It's time to talk some golden gopher basketball. Haven't talked as much gopher basketball as I'd like to kick off the uh, the season here. But let's check in with a friend of the show, Andy Greeter, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Give him a follow on uh, Twitter at Andy Greeter. First off, a uh, happy holidays, Andy. I hope that uh, you and your family are doing well. Yeah, we are. How are you guys? I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Wanted to check in with you and talk a little gopher hoops because we have not had a conversation since the end of uh, the football season and the end of the season for the uh, for the loans. But always uh, nice to have you here on the show. And I was at the game last night, and I didn't go as as um as on the clock. I'll just put it like that. As a media member on the clock, I went with my dad, my mom, and dad, both graduates of uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff. When I saw. When I saw Arkansas Pine Bluff on the schedule, I said, oh, we got to go. I got to get tickets for my dad. We got to go hang out and, and take it all in because my, my dad um, not only is a proud graduate, he's been a part of uh, helping the university for years and, and giving money back via scholarships and stuff like that. So I knew it would be fun for him to go and, and take in a game. And, look, it's not every day that your, your, your alma mater you know, gets a chance to, to play at Williams Arena, especially for a small HBCU like that. So – it was fun to be in attendance last night, but there were definitely some takeaways that I had in terms of watching Golden Gopher basketball, not on TV, but being actually in the building and watching them last night. You've been watching them because you're covering them. How would you describe Gopher basketball in this specific moment? We can sit here and we can talk about the record being 5-6. and six. We can talk about them being 0-2 in the Big Ten. But, but I guess how, how do you view the state of Gopher basketball as it stands today? I think it's uh, at a point where it's kind of down to the studs type of rebuild. That's how I'd approach it. I think last year was was kind of a competitive rebuild, to borrow Quasi Adolfo Mensa's phrase about the Vikings. You know, they had a lot of senior-type transfers, uh, and they were able to play smart, heady, uh, you know, grinded-out type of basketball. And that's why you saw them at this stage of the season last year at somewhere around 10-1. and one. And I think this year you see a, a team that is much more in transition. Uh, you see a younger team. You see a lot of new pieces. You see uh, kind of learning on the fly. I don't want to give them all the benefit of the doubt in the sense of calling them just completely useful because they're not. You know, you look at three of the key pieces in Jamison Battle, Dawson Garcia, and Talon Cooper, and all three of those guys have played a lot of basketball and done it at a high level. Uh, but when you see all the other continuity pieces – uh, you see a lot of youthful inexperience out there. So 
you see them taking their lumps on a, on a regular basis. And I think it's frustrating for Gopher fans to see that just given what last year was, given the fact that it's year two. Uh, but I think there's a need to be patient and understand that, that sometimes these things take a little bit longer than what you hope them to do. And I hope that they're able to get this thing jump-started because I am a fan, and actually I'm a friend of Ben Johnson's. I've known Ben Johnson since he was you know, covering him in high school when he was at De La Salle and just kind of developed a friendship with them. And I texted him yesterday, told him I was going to be in the building uh, last night with uh, with friends and, 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 my, and my dad, and he was like, man, I, I appreciate you coming out to support. So I definitely think that uh, Ben is a really good basketball mind, and he gets it. Um, I mean, there is pressure, though. You know, one of the things that was stated was that he was going to be able to stop the uh, the guys from getting out of state and going elsewhere, and that hasn't necessarily happened quite yet. So he's mm-hmm. he's he's still under the spotlight of of the focus of recruiting, and also at the same time trying to get this thing kind of jump started. And I think you know when I look back to last year, the way that they started in the non conference and then got into the the uh, the regular season, the conference schedule. That was something that I think was so out of the realm of what we thought was going to happen for Gopher basketball that when they had that fast start, everybody was like, okay, he's the guy. And I'm not saying that Ben's not the guy, but I think that a lot of people built up this security with Ben, and then all of a sudden when the bottom fell out, now a lot of people are kind of like, ah, I'm not sure so much. Yeah, and I think you can look at my uh, my Twitter mentions to kind of echo that. You know, I, I wasn't expecting kind of the vitriol and – kind of fire Ben type of comments in my Twitter mentions that I've received in the last couple of games. And I, I think it's interesting to, to look at their schedule this year compared to previous years. You know, they played the number one, what is now the number one team in the country in Purdue. You know, they played, you know, a UNLV team. They played a, a Virginia Tech team. Um, they played a Michigan team. Um, and, you know, they played a, a lot of quality teams at Mississippi State. A lot of teams that I think the level of competition this year, while you couple that with the fact of how I talked about a a more youthful type of roster, and those two things coming together, I think it puts us in a situation where we're at. And I I think that he deserves a lot longer of a, I don't want to call it a leash, but a a grace period, an Mm -hmm. opportunity to, to build this the way that he wants it to be built. And I think we've talked about it on your show previously i think when you look at the way that they were able to do things last year he knew that while they had experience they didn't have a lot of size they didn't have a lot of athleticism so you saw them do things to coach them in the right spot and put them in the right spots to win you saw a lot more zone defense with with the lack of size you saw them not crash the glass and and get back in transition and not you know let it be a double whammy for them or they don't get the rebound and they're giving up something in transition on top of it so I think you saw a, a coaching acumen, and I think you were also able to see, uh, like you mentioned, a, a recruiting side to him. You know, I think you know while in state there's things that are still left wanting. I think when you look at the guys that, that are coming in, and, and Dennis Evans and, and Cam Christie, and and you look at their offer list, and you look at the stars next to their name, and you say, okay, these are two guys that, that can really change a trajectory of a program if they're able to live up to the building that they have right now. So I think he certainly afforded, you know, more time than I think fans are, are willing to give, just given the circumstances that we've seen so far this year. Talking to Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. He's joining us courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Baker Hotline here on the Lake Show on News Talk 830 uh, WCCO. All right, so so 
you know, just kind of further that just uh, for a a couple more minutes. When I look at it, I got to give you my take and I want your response to my take. Um, I I think that, and I'm in agreement with you, Ben needs a little bit more time, right? Like it it shouldn't be just two seasons, then something you're moving on to the next guy. I I think you got to let him get his feet you know, firmly supplanted and, 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 you know, get his recruiting chops going and all that stuff, whatever. But with this current roster, okay, I don't think that the transfer portal has been kind. When I look at gopher basketball, I see it with Jamison Battle. I think that Jamison Battle's good, and we know that he missed some time earlier in the season. Pharrell Payne, I think, is massively underrated. I think that he's got an NBA body. If they develop him into the player that he best you know, most possibly could be, we're talking about a guy that's probably going to play and make some money playing basketball. But I got to be honest with you, Andy, I don't see it outside of that. And I know that Dawson Garcia is one of us. He's a Minnesota kid and was, you know, highly recruited. I I don't see it translating in the Big Ten. I just don't. I, I look at Samuels. I look at Cooper. I just, I think there's going to be a lot of struggles during the course of the, uh, of the, of the, uh, of the regular season here in the Big Ten. Yeah, I think, you know, Dawson has kind of been up and down. I think that when you look at his game against Mississippi State, he was really a, a leader in that game. I think he was instrumental in them, you know, keeping it closer in that one. But I think there's other games where he's not really the force that I think people expected him to be. And I think, you know, some of that is maybe putting too much on his shoulders. Ben has kind of alluded to that, that he might be, you know, stressing and pressing a little bit. Uh, given the fact that he is back home. Um, so I think there's some of that. I think, you know, Talon Cooper is, is a good player. He's a good distributor. I think that there's other parts of his game where they're left wanting. I think Samuels is a is a veteran-type player, but I don't think he looks the part of a Big Ten type of guard. Um, I think – and then you look kind of down the roster and you look at, at other types of players, right? You look at, at – you know, Braden Carrington, who I think had a, had a really nice game last night. You know, he, he was able to, to hit some threes, which he had struggled to do. I think you see a, a, a grittiness. I think you see a toughness. I think you also see a true freshman out there. Josh Ola Joseph, I think similar things where you can look and say, you can see some, some talent there, and then you can see some, some youthful pratfalls as well. Um, you know, Jaden Henley as well. I think you see a guy that that is a little uncomfortable with the Big Ten level right now. And he's being thrust into a spot playing minutes in the Big Ten that is probably beyond his reach as a as a true freshman. And I think you need to look at, at kind of where the, the younger guys are more so than where the transfers are for the most part because that's where the future is. Or are you seeing guys like Pharrell Payne, you talk about his ability to, to play in the post, the the you know Big Ten type size and and kind of understanding kind of the nuance of Hey, demanding the ball in the post and, you know, defending without fouling and, and those kinds of things that, that take time. So I think you, we, what I think Gopher basketball fans need to be looking at is are there ingredients here or things that, that you can build on and build towards? And I think when you look at, at what Ben did last year, this was his first recruiting class. He was hired in March. You can build on and build towards. And I think when you look at, and what Ben did last year, this was his first recruiting class. He was hired in March. It's difficult to put things, you know, together uh, in a in a short time frame. And I think, you know, just looking for the small things, the the building blocks going forward is is really what you need to be looking at more so than than where they hit or miss maybe in the transfer portal this year.
Yeah, and I, I just, I, I, you know, I think that one of the guys is going to be really, really interesting. And I'm not trying to be, and, and Ben's my guy, and I'm not trying to be overly critical here, but I, I got to see more of the Evans kid. Because from the clips that yeah. I've seen and just, the, I don't see it. Like, like I, I get he's tall, I get that he's long, and I don't think that that translates into the into the Big Ten. Just, just but not not just because of his body, because you can get guys into a weight room and you can build them up and all that. I just I, I don't I don't I don't see the basketball talent. I don't see the athleticism. Like it, you can, you can't just being tall doesn't matter, right? Like you got to be more than that. So I'm a little bit um, surprised that he's as highly regarded or heavily recruited from what I've seen just in terms of like the highlight reels and some of the footage that I've looked at online, I, man, I'm wanting more. Yeah, I think I I agree with you. I think that, you know, consensus wise, he's a four-star type of recruit, not a five-star. I think, you know, uh, the five-star has been thrown out and I think people have run with it. And I think it's maybe a little bit, like you said, kind of above and beyond. When you, when you look at him, when you talk about, his development as a player, you're seeing a guy that is spiking right now. And you're not seeing a guy that is, like you said, played a lot of basketball, has a lot of understanding, um, is, you know, overly athletic and is just a big presence at the high school level. I think, yeah, I think it, it, it begs the question of, of how much development time is he going to have, right? I don't look at him and say, this is a blue chipper. This is an immediate program changer. There's a, this is a no doubt McDonald's All American, a lottery pick. Oh my God, this is going to change everything. I don't quite look at him like that, and I think some people might. And I, I, I think that it, it needs to be looked at as you know part of the development, right? A, a guy that is about the right things that that isn't about the the flash and and what the next shiny object is. But I think there is a certain level that he's playing at, right? He's playing at the the U.S. Olympic team, or excuse me, the U.S. you know U19 level. So he's clearly got some talent and ability to be able to play and contribute at that level. Uh, but yeah, I think everybody needs to look at it and say, well, maybe this guy, you know, don't to not put that on his shoulders, and and maybe he doesn't deserve it at the same time. Yeah, I, I just I don't want this to be a situation where because I could see it, I could see it being a thing a, a year from now or so. Is remember how when we had Patino here. And he brought in the Jelly Roll kid or Jelly Fam yeah. kid. And I it, yes, and then everybody was like, oh, this is good. I just I don't want to wish that on Dennis Evans, man. Because he seems like the most likable kid in the world, super smart, super, you know, I, I just I, – because to me, then it becomes problematic because then at that particular point, then the fans aren't just getting on the coach. They're getting on the kid. Yeah, no doubt. That is – Lake, that is an, uh, an amazing comparison. It's one that I've thought of. A lot of times because that uh, was looked at as a savior type, you know, type of player, a guy who has was highly regarded, who had the nickname, who had the, you know, four and five stars next to his name and was looked at as this is going to be the guy. And once he got here, you could see the flashes, but you didn't see the overall game. And, yeah, I think, you know, things started to, to turn on it pretty quickly just because of that hype. You know, I think everything needs to be taken with a – with a grain of salt when we're talking about these things that, you know, this isn't Zion Williamson coming in here. <laughs> uh, I think, I think that, I think it's important to just not put that on the kid to not put that on the program to look at it and say, Hey, there's quality here. There's, there's elements to it, but 
at the same time, we need to let it breathe and need to let it develop and, and let it have a little bit of uh, opportunity to, to grow and, and develop, like I said. Yeah, no, no question about it. All right, so I won't ask you this tonight. Maybe I'll ask it to you in the next couple of weeks. But think about what are reasonable expectations for the Gophers in Big Ten play. So I won't ask it now, but just know that the next time that we have a conversation, that will be on the table. All right, man. I'll, I won't answer it. You're kind of like begging for an answer here. So I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Answer. I'm not. I'm just telling you to think about it. <laughs> I think I already know where I'm at, but I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to let it be for tonight, man. Yeah, you know, I think I think you just need to enjoy the ride. You know, I think you know when you look at it. You know, like I said, the the development aspect. Are you, are you seeing them? You know, improve game to game. Or like I think last night, for instance, like they had so many issues when it comes to first half lulls and they took care of business in the first half you know I think they they got better as the half went along and I think you know those kinds of small things are are where I think this program is at right now and you need to enjoy the ride as it's going yep give them a follow on Twitter at Andy Greeters Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer Press hey um Andy happy holidays to you and yours have a Merry Christmas man if I don't talk to you before then but uh, we'll be talking soon yeah, sounds good, Henry. Take care, man. Happy right. holidays. Yep, thank you so much. Andy Greeter from the St. Paul Pioneer Press joining us here, courtesy of the John Schuster Cole Banker Hotline. Let's take a break. Let's come back, wrap up the hour next. All right, we got a little bit of breaking news. Well, first off, at the top of the next hour, we will we'll talk Minnesota Vikings football with Matthew Collar, Purple Insider himself. But then at 8.30, we'll have a guest on – um, that was not supposed to be on the show, but we've got some breaking news. So everybody knows that Elon Musk is not a good guy. He has just now permanently suspended the Twitter account of Aaron Rupar, um, which is just insane to me. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, Aaron's phenomenal what he does. Uh, he covers politics, and, and I mean, he just – the, the landscape of, of politics and what's going on in our country, his voice is much needed. I love it when he shows up on television. Uh, he's got one of the best Twitter accounts out there of all Twitter accounts, but it's no longer. And for no good reason at all. Like he's, I mean, do, do, do I think I know what the reason is? Yes. It's because Elon Musk is, is a right-wing extremist. And he doesn't like folks like myself or Aaron. And so he's going after Aaron. And Aaron's not the only one that he's permanently suspended tonight. But that's where we're at. So we're going to talk to Aaron at 830 um, shortly after we talk to Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, coming up next. So that's who we will be talking to next year. Aaron, Ru- uh, Not Aaron Rupar, but Matthew Collar, Purple Insider, next year on The Lake Show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.